In today's episode, we're going to do a quick run through of the results from last week. Uh, we're also going to talk a little bit about um, caddying in the Open Regional Qualifying, which I did uh, last week. Uh, and also we've got a tip from the LPGA Tour uh, to help you lower your scores. Plus also, we're going to discuss a little bit about potentially some changes to the content coming up and uh, a bit about my game, how it's going and and what perhaps others can uh, gain from it uh, and see what I'm looking to do going forward. Uh, we'll be uh, welcoming all comments when it comes to that section. And um, that's really it for this week. So um, let's kick things off. So the big question is this, how do regular golfers like us who have jobs, families and very little spare time how do we improve our golf and lower our handicaps? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name's Paul Gray. Welcome to Golfing Secrets. Okay, so um, we had a week off last week. Um, had a lot going on, lots of uh, lots of different golfing things, but also just a, a generally a very busy uh, work week. So wasn't really able to uh, do a podcast last week. But uh, this week we've got quite a bit to cover, and uh, we're going to kick things off with with the uh, results from uh, around the various tours. On the DP World Tour, we had uh, the Betfred British Masters, which was hosted by Nick Faldo. The winner there was Daniel Hillier. This was a first time win for him on the DP World Tour. I think he's actually a rookie as well. He's from New Zealand. He uh, won by two shots, and I believe also gets entry into the Open. So um, a good a good all round win for him. And I think as a result of that being one of the sort of the main sort of tournaments on the tour i think it does mean he does get entry into a heap of other things as well so um that's uh, obviously sort of really good for him on the pga tour we had uh i say finally we had a, a another win for ricky fowler uh it's his first win in four years and four months He's had a lot of close calls over the last, you know, 10 to 15 rounds. I think he's actually top seven in 10 of those previous uh, 10 rounds, in the last 10 rounds. And also including the US Open where he was, I think he finished runner-up, but he was definitely leading it at one point and just didn't have a, a, a good final round. So great to see Ricky Fowler sort of back in the winning circle. I think we can probably sort of see some more. He'll definitely be one to sort of look out for, I think, at the Open because he's won the Scottish Open before now. So I think he'll he'll definitely be one for that. And he's he's clearly on, on good form. So um, be interesting to see how he plays in that. We'll do sort of an official sort of the open preview before the the week before the tournament kicks off and uh, a lot to be discussed there you know it's at a place where McElroy won his last um open or his I don't think it's his last major but um he he won his his open major at um at the resort where they're going to play. So it'll be uh, good to sort of see if he can do that. But uh, we'll, we'll do a bit more on that um, in one of the next uh, couple of episodes. On the Live Tour, we had Dave Taylor Gooch. Uh, they were playing again this week and he won at the Andalusia uh, tournament in Spain. 
the Talk Golf Club. They won the team part of the event. And it was actually the first year where they've played one of the live events at Andalusia, which normally held uh, one of the major Spain events normally. So that's one that they sort of stole from under the noses of the DP World Tour. Although not sure we could talk like that now, given that they're all going to be merging, although that's still up in the air at the moment. And then finally, in terms of results, we've got the LPGA. Um, there was um, no event this week, um, but uh, coming up this week, we've got the Women's US Open, which is starting this uh, coming out this weekend. So it's the third major of, um, of the season for them, and it's actually at Pebble Beach one of my sort of favourite courses to watch, really sort of know that course almost almost as well as I sort of know uh, the Masters and uh, Augusta. So um, I'm definitely going to be trying to watch quite a bit of the, the Women's US Open this week. And um, yes, we've got that coming up. On the Live Tour, actually, there is the uh, the UK uh, event, which is being held at Centurion Golf Club, but unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to get to that one uh, this weekend. Bit of a shame, but uh, I've also got a comp this weekend that I'm playing in, and um, yeah, as you say, quite quite a few other things happening over the weekend now. So, uh, but yeah, so that's a good one to look forward to. The ladies' tour, um, uh, or third major, so being held at Pebble Beach, um, we'll we'll obviously sort of look look to that um, again a little bit uh, later on uh, or, or next week. We'll do a bit of a review of that next week, but uh, definitely going to try and see if I can see quite a bit of that one over the weekend. Uh, and on to sort of some things that I've been doing over the last week, really. So I was actually, I was lucky enough to to be able to caddy for somebody who was playing in open regional qualifying. Uh, the event itself was being held at our local golf club, Rochester and Cobham Park Golf Club. And um, uh, one of our players who uh, who didn't have a caddy needed, needed someone to help him out, so I sort of stepped up on the day. What a day. Um, it, it was certainly tough. Uh, and I know over the, over the past sort of couple of months, I've been talking a lot about the difficulty of our course and, and how it's, it's been playing so tough. Uh, that people's handicaps have been sort of going up, mine included, and it, it has been really tough. But it, it sort of made me feel a whole lot better, I suppose, about my own game, given that of all of the, uh, I think there was a hundred and was a hundred and something competitors there, there are only four or five of them that shot under par. Now, bearing in mind that you know, all of these are scratch or better golfers. Um, for them to not be able to shoot under par with with a lot of scores in the in the eighties and nineties, I think actually seventy seven or seventy eight um, uh, got you in the top sort of in the top half. So you know, it just showed how how tough the scoring was. Uh, there was even somebody who I think shot twenty five over. Now each week. My mates and, and us, whenever we finish, we shoot a, we shoot a, an eighty one, an eighty two, you know, and and we're, you know, we're distraught about the fact that we've been ten or eleven over um, our handicaps, and and it's and it just it just goes to show that you know it, it happens to to sort of the best of us and all the best of the players, and even even though you know we're shooting what we consider to be not a good score for our handicap. 
given that our course was playing so tough and we've got some of the top players, you know, playing in the regional qualifying and still not shooting to to their their handicaps just shows that you know the course is playing so tough and that we shouldn't beat ourselves up so much when you know we we shoot three or four over our handicap um and and you know we 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 just shouldn't beat ourselves up but we've talked before about having the right approach to to playing and um it it Definitely, definitely watching that event and and seeing the the way the players played the the courses and the holes actually gave you a really good insight into you know how to really just how to get the ball around in as in as few shots as possible. And, and at the end of the day, a lot of it it came down to it did come down to short game where they weren't up and downing. You know, for for those guys, you know, if they're not making par on a lot of the holes, then you know it's it's not necessarily going to be a great day for them as it is with anybody, but um, it was definitely accentuated given, you know, the, the, the way the course had been set up. And in fact, one strange thing was that they actually, the RNA actually asked um, our club to cut back the rough, um, which in theory made it easier for them. Um, and, and yet still they were, were only shooting, you know, not many were shooting uh, to handicaps. So just goes to show. And uh, the lesson to sort of take away from it is, you know, we, we just shouldn't beat ourselves up so much um, because it's tough for even the sort of the best players. And um, but it was really good to see that real eye opener. I thoroughly enjoyed the day. Um, my my player, unfortunately, didn't didn't quite make it um, through. He, he shot sort of a 77 or a 78. Um, but it just really gave me a good insight into a lot of the mindset of, of some of these players and also the different styles of play. You know, there were some that just were, were at, a lot of them were hitting long ball. There's, there's no getting away from that. Um, but equally it was, a lot of it was the control of their ball into the greens. Um, if they weren't getting that right and because the firms, the, the greens were firm and they were hitting them and, and it was going off and then they, they then put pressure to up and down. You know, it, it just shows that no matter what level you're playing at, if you're not able to hit greens um, for whatever reason, it's, it's, it's going to make it tough for you. Um, and so your short game uh, really does come into it. And um, off, the, off the back of that, I suppose, it, it, it sort of leads me to, to one, of the, one, of the, one of the things I'm sort of going to cover off really as part of the, uh, the podcast sort of going up. So... If I talk first about my sort of game and how it's been going, so as I say, my play so far this year really it's been it's it's definitely been a tough start to the year. Um, I feel though I've been striking the ball really well. You know, it's, it, it was definitely definitely tougher at the start of the year. We're going through winter. Um, I had a couple of lessons, and in particular, you know, some of the lessons I had with um, Sean Evans, who we did uh, one of the episodes with. Now she's, um, you know, really helped my game, and I do honestly think that if I hadn't had those lessons and, and, and made the, the, the small tweaks that I had off the back of those, that I think I would have been shooting, wouldn't be shooting as well. Um, now it's easier for, you know. For someone who's independent to look at your swing to help you improve, and that, and that's the thing I got from a lot of the lessons was that I sort of felt I knew what I was doing wrong or or where I needed to improve, but 
it really helps to have someone sort of independent looking at your swing and helping you to improve because they'll be able to see things that that you you simply can't and when I was doing the caddying, actually, you know, I was being asked for the lines of, of the putts and, and given the lines. And and that was an area that I was I felt I was able to contribute and, and sort of help in sort of uh, making the score. So it just really shows that it doesn't really matter what level you're at. There's always an element that you can see that the player who's playing can't. And so you can always sort of help them and, and, and give them some sort of input. Now, the one thing I haven't done as much of this year, which I think has, has, has definitely contributed a little bit to, to perhaps not getting as lower scores as, as I would have liked, is I, I definitely haven't done as much fitness and stretching this year compared to certainly last year. And um, so, so I'm, I'm going to be making, I suppose, there's going to be two changes coming up, really, I suppose. One in terms of my, my swing, and that is that... My, my swing is going to continue as it is, but I've I've definitely made a, a change. And I say I'm going to make two changes. I've already made one change, and that's I, I'm not swinging as far back. I'm not making as big as big a turn, and I've I'm, I, I'm typically swinging to sort of ten o'clock, and and using that as my stock sort of swing um, because it's given me a lot more control. So that's one of the sort of changes that I've made consciously made to um, help me you know improve hitting those greens and, and, and shooting better scores and, and and that conscious decision to do that I think has definitely helped me in terms of my, my ball striking and, and just getting better scores or more consistent scores. Now the second thing is that I'm going to focus on is is I'm going to focus a lot more on my sort of daily stretching. I do it more occasionally now than doing it every every day um, but I'm definitely going to going to focus a bit more on my stretching and do a lot more of that on a more regular basis but also work on the strength I haven't done as much strength training as I would normally do and this year for sure um, so I'm going to going to be focusing on on that I'm going to continue with the, the slight swing change um, but I'm also going to just up the amount of stretching and strength work that I do uh, because I think that's going to help me certainly in the long term. And when you see a lot of the the, the top players, obviously on the tours, but even you know at the, the open qualifying, you see a lot of those guys clearly are doing a lot more um, work in the gym. And I think that's something I, I need to do a bit more fo focusing on um, to, to help me with my game. So that sort of changes in terms of what I'm going to be doing going forward. Um, uh, diet is always going to be be something. Um, if anybody's got any um, good diets or routines or anything along the, the diet side to help sort of lose weight and things, um, I'm always interested in sort of reviewing those sorts of things. So if anybody's got any ideas, do do post a question or in, put it in the Q&A or, or if you're on Spotify. But if you're listening to this anywhere else you can just send sort of feedback to uh, golf at howtopractice.com and uh, I'll, I'll certainly take, take a look but the other change that I'm looking to make and this isn't so much about about um, my and my sort of physical game this is more about the podcast itself uh, and the whole website and and what I sort of do and to this point I've, I've tried to sort of do all things for all people um, and I'm really going to try and focus primarily now on golfers who are 
you know, 30 years and older, even maybe 40 years and older, yeah, a little bit more of a senior focus. Now I'm 52, um, playing off say seven at the moment, hoping to get that down closer to, to scratch at some point. Um, so I, I definitely fall within that sort of the older category sort of bracket. And it's definitely a challenge to get your handicap down, you know, no matter what age you are. But as you do get older, you do tend to lose, you know, an element of flexibility, a bit of strength and, and that. And it's and it's trying to work out and find ways where I can still reduce my handicap, um, even though you're getting that little bit older. So we're going to try and sort of focus on on things that really can can help others improve um so I'll, I'll look at the strength of my game share the things that i'm doing you know relatively well um which for me at the moment my my putting and short game are the strengths in my game um i hit you know my, my putting i'm i think i'm averaging 29.8 putts around which is you know pretty pretty up there and uh i'm doing about 53% up and downs at the moment. So, you know, there's, they're the, they're the areas that, that I'm, I'm particularly sort of strong with. So I'm going to try and put a little bit more focus on that. Um, and that sort of leads me also to, to the, the sort of the third part for this podcast, really. And that's, it's a tip really that comes from the LPGA tour. Uh, and in particular, um, and in particular, uh, Leona Maguire. So um, a couple of weeks ago, we had the, um, the I think it was the Maya Classic, which was a tournament that Leona Maguire won. And it was really interesting to to see, you know, the clubs that she used and and the setup in, in her bag. Now, the question I'm going to ask everybody on the, on, on the podcast is, you know, hybrids, do, do you use them? Do you have them in your bag? You know, are you a hybrid person? Yes or no? You know, post it, post in the Q and A, um, and and sort of let us know. Now, I'm definitely a hybrid person. Um, I have one hybrid in my bag at the moment. Well, I've got two, but I have one which is my sort of. It's become my favourite club in the bag. It's a 21 degree. Um, it's an old M3 actually, M3 tailor made um, hybrid and it's a 21 degree and i use that for you know i normally have a carry of about 185 is my sort of carry with that with that club it's a comfortable sort of swing but i can get it out there a bit more if i need to but it's it's become a real go-to club and and in fact i've a lot of the time i've actually laid up a little bit further back in order that i can use that club because i'm feeling so sort of comfortable with it and there are there are lots of different reasons for that and 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 part of it is clearly i'm comfortable hitting that club uh, i'm able to to hit a, a fairly sort of soft sort of draw um i can get that little bit of extra distance so it means i don't have to kill myself to to get further up so i can use a an eye and i can i'm happy to sort of lay back and and use the hybrid to 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 get to the green and and invariably it's not usually that far off if i don't hit it so it makes it for an easy up and down um plus my 56 degree and putter are my other two favorite clubs so you know that combination sort of works for me but going back to leona mcguire now she's she um, uses a whole heap of hybrids. And in fact, the only irons she has, she has her wedges and a pitching wedge, uh, nine iron, eight iron, and seven iron. 
and they're all the irons she has. She doesn't have anything longer than a seven iron. The rest are all hybrids. She has a a, um, a six hybrid, a five hybrid, um, a four slash three hybrid as well, um, and then a, a woods and, and and driver. And when you look at when you look at the way that she played, in particular the tournament that she won, one of the things that really stood out was the fact that you know her distance in driving overall on the on for, for the season at the moment she's like 153rd so she's way down there in the ranks um she's 18th in accuracy for her driving but the reason she does that is because she's comfortable laying back further and using hybrids from a little bit further back because they're typically hybrids are, are a lot easier to hit um, you can get them up in the air a lot easier. There's a little bit more technology in them than there is in, say, a long iron in in a you know a six six iron, five iron, four iron. There's a lot more technology in a hybrid, so it makes hitting those those sorts of longer shots that bit easier with a hybrid. And if and if you haven't tried them before, then absolutely do 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 that. And I think you'll you'll certainly notice a difference, even if you're able to borrow a hybrid from somebody just to sort of give it a bit of a try. Go down the range, give it, have a few, have a couple of buckets of balls, and just try and sort of get used to using them. Because I can guarantee that you know, for for the majority of people, particularly if you're if you're a slightly higher handicapper, you you you'll you'll definitely gain some advantage from it. You know, you only got to think that Leona Maguire is one of the best lady players in the world. She's using them, um, using them effectively, and you know, if someone like that is using them, then you can guarantee that um, you know certainly us amateurs. Will be able to benefit from it. So that's the 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 LP, what I class as the LPGA tour tip this week for that one but moving on from that and i've done a bit a little bit of a review over the last few tournaments on both the lpga and the pga tours now when you look at the stats there are there are a lot of similarity in the numbers and the stats of the winners now i would i would say that the easiest way to to sum it up is short game short game and short game around the green, making pars. Um, so on the LPGA Tour, they use KPMG um, stats for all of their um, for all of their stats. And when you look at their insights, you know, when you look at all of the winners of the past half a dozen tournaments, what you'll notice is, is that short game and putting, the winners are always within usually the top 10 for two of the categories of the short game now the short game on the lpga they they look at it as um around the green so that's it, it compares performance on all shots that, that aren't putts within 50 yards so your, your approaches to the green within 50 yards it also looks at scrambling which is basically whenever somebody doesn't hit a green how often they'll still Get up and down and make and make par. Um, now that's the up and down percentage that they use on the PGA Tour. There's then also strokes gained um, or putting, and it compa- compares golfers' performance on putting. The last one is the number of putts per greens in regulation, and they're the four categories that they use for what you would class as short game and and putting. 
So on the PGA Tour, they use um, a similar set of metrics, a little bit different. Um, and the, the common theme across all of the winners is that if you take those four categories under the short game slash putting sort of area, every single winner will have at least one of the categories in the top five. They'll be ranked top five in one of those short game or putting categories. For the second category, they'll also be typically in the top 10, maybe just outside of that in the top 12. But for the rest of them, you know, whoever wins typically short game and putting if they'll be in the top five or the top 10. And typically that means that they've had a, a good get a good tournament for their short game and their putting. And it's that element that really decides who wins the tournaments. And it, and it's, this is this is not a this is not a, a real detailed in-depth look at the numbers, but it's just a bit of an overview. And and you can see from from the stats, as I say, on, on PGA, um, on the LPGA and also on the PGA Tour, the, the, the stats are all the same. The winners typically are in the top five for one of the short game or putting categories. Um, and they'll be in the top 10 or close to that for a second category. Again, either short game or putting. So... It, it just goes to show how important the short game is and, and how much that separates the winners and those that finish second or, or, or further back. And as that's something that I, I in particular sort of have a, have a strength in, over the next few podcasts, there's, there's definitely going to be a bit of a focus on the short game um, and putting and around the green. And that those sort of things will be coming up, say, over the next sort of couple of weeks. We're also going to be doing a review of, um, or preview rather, of the Open um, just before that as well. Um, and that will also be coming up, say, that will be the week um, before the Open takes place. So that will actually be in a couple of weeks' time. And, um, and that's really it for this week, I suppose. So... As always, if, if you've got some value from this, um, you know, or, or any of the episodes, please share the episode with at least one other golfer. Um, I'd like to sort of try and try and grow the subscriber base and, and get as many people as you can to follow the podcast. If you're listening on Spotify, if you, you can post any questions or comments in the Q&A section. If you're listening on edit, any other format, then you can just send your comments or feedback to golf at howtopractice.com. Um, we're going to continue to um, to publish sort of episodes over the coming sort of weeks and months. We've, um, as I say, got got the uh, the ones coming up over the next few weeks. So uh, hopefully everybody's enjoyed the episode. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be back with you next week. Thanks all.